What's up, everybody? How are y'all? Anybody doing well today? All right. Well, hey, I'm Jeff, and I'm one of our pastors on our staff, and I'm going to be bringing the message to you today. Really excited about kicking off a new four-part teaching series. We're calling it Let's Pray. Let me ask a quick question. How many of you would say you believe in the power of prayer, but you don't pray as much as you should? Raise your hand. Be honest now, raise them high, all right? So I'm raising mine with you. And I think, honestly, there's probably several reasons why there's some tension, a little struggle with praying, not praying as much as we should. There's probably a a bunch of reasons, but I, I think a few of them are maybe, just maybe you don't know how, right? Some of us feel like we don't know how. I can remember several times in my instance where I've like in a scenario and I say, hey man, will you pray for us? And I've had buddies like, uh, no, call on him. Maybe there's a little feeling of like you feel a little inadequate. Uh, I feel inadequate still, you know, to kind of pray. Sometimes I forget that that is God wants me to connect and talk to Him. Sometimes I'm just focused on me and my inadequacy or how poorly I feel about where I stand with God. I forget that God's going, no, 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 come to me, come to me, right? I want you to be near me. I think another is is I, 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 getting bored, praying. If you can admit that, I admit that. I admit I have fallen asleep praying before. Like I am talking to the God of the universe and I've dozed off. Anybody ever been there, done that, right? I'm like, God, how do you even let me have the chance to pray? I'm falling asleep praying and I'm connecting with with God, like God Almighty. I feel terrible at times. I'm an ADD prayer. Like my personality, I'm trying to pray and all of a sudden, I'm hearing something outside, and I'm, I'm totally like, wow, I was just praying five minutes ago. Now I'm outside. And I, I'm praying, and it's around lunchtime, and I'm like, God, just praying for a, something to happen over here. I'm praying for a miracle. And over here, I'm thinking about a miracle whip mayonnaise sandwich, right? So, I mean, stuff happens. You get sideways. You get sidetracked. Uh, a lot of us, we feel inadequate. Maybe some of you, you've given up on praying because you prayed for something in the past and it didn't happen or it happened exactly opposite from the way you prayed. I remember being a young man at 19 years of age and praying and praying and praying that God would not take my mom away from us uh, due to cancer and she died. I know many of you have been in the same shoes before. You prayed for something specific and it did not happen. And for a lot of us, prayer is kind of a mystery, you know? It's it's kind of just like, yeah, I kind of believe in it, but it's not all work. It hasn't always worked. So why do it? What's the point? Is there really anything to it that's both a benefit to me and really a real connectivity to God? And I want to say yes to both of those. Now, let me just be brutally honest again this morning. A lot of confessions going on here today. I don't know all that there is to know about prayer because I can't, I can't fully contain God in, in this conversation. I can't fully wrap my arms around, you know, all in all His majesty, God in all His bigness, God in all His choices of why He does what He wants to do and sometimes it doesn't go exactly the way I think it should go. But I, I, I want to show you something in Scripture today that I promise you well, that will help each of us grasp a little bit more about God and how He views 
uh, His desire for us to connect, to pray, and that being the means to connect with God, and how He wants to uh, essentially bless us, and we'll see that in Scripture, bless us with every spiritual gift. Like there's, there's something that God has for each of us. There's purpose, there's clarity, there's direction, there's connectivity with Him that He wants for each of us that comes through us taking the step towards God called prayer. So let's do this. Let's, let's start things out with, with a moment of prayer. And as I ask, why don't you ask God to connect with you, to connect with us? All right, let's bow for a moment. Lord, um, it just starting this conversation out, God, I feel overwhelmed. I feel inadequate. Um, God, I pray that you would, you would, your spirit's presence would be here today and that you could deposit, deposit in us um, some fresh new understanding about you. God, would you take us, each one of us, every person here, God, take myself and every person in here today to a whole new place with you about what you think about us and how we should understand and think about you. God, I pray you'd leverage this conversation for us today that we would grow, that our lives could be filled with more purpose, and our lives could uh, go forward with more understanding and more uh, grace and love uh, for you and from you. And so God, we just submit, we open our hands, open our hearts to you right now. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, first things I, I've gotten are notes today. You've got some message notes. Grab those. Got some, got some scripture in there today. If you don't have a Bible, we know that not every person who attends at least this church is already a believer. Uh, in fact, I don't know if you guys know this, that 55% of this church uh, surveyed a couple of years ago. We found out 55% of you had never, ever been in church previously. So I think that's pretty doggone cool. That, that many of us are, are new at this, are new in our faith. Many of you are not even believers just yet. Uh, but man, we've got a lot, of, a lot of stirring, a lot of new growth, a lot of new things happening. So I commend you for being here. If you don't have a Bible, that's cool. Uh, if you got money, get one. Uh, get a Bible, man. I'm telling you, it's, it's, uh, it's lifeblood for us as followers of Christ. Uh, but if you do not have one here this morning, flag us down. We'll get someone to grab you one from outside. Also, we've got it up on our screens and in your message notes, all right? So buckle up. <clears throat> We're going to look in Scripture in just a moment. But let me give you real quick two, what I see, and I think we see all over in Scripture, two big prayer mistakes, two just glaring ones that kind of stick out, that prop, maybe would resemble if you're a follower or you're a believer and you do pray. I think two big mistakes we make, and I make these often. One, our prayers are too small, just kind of weak sauce, small don't even think about it, frivolous prayers, you wake up in the morning, God, would you help me get to work today safely? God's like, I've done it every day this last week, you know, I, I know there's accidents, but you haven't had one in a month, and you pray the same prayer every day, you know, I mean, it, it kind of just, you know, and I'm just picking on that one, but our prayers are too small, and I think the second is, our prayers are too general, they're just kind of, they're so general, how, how would we know that God answered it? Because we didn't even pray anything specifically. And I think it's important for us to, to understand and under, uh, uh, 
just grasp, think about this for a second. How could, how could general prayers move God to a specific action? Right? I think sometimes, uh, I think God probably, you know, we, we wonder if the lack of, you know, being specific and lack of possibility ever insults the heart of God. I think God sometimes is just going, I wish, towards us, I wish they knew more about who I am and what I can do. And not just what I can do, but, uh, I mean, just if the attention could focus on me, what they could know, what they could experience, what they could grasp, if they pursued me in this relationship. So I think there, there's, there's those mistakes, too, you know, too small, too general. Uh, I want to kick things off with a really cool prayer. I've talked about this guy before, um, but there's a great example kicking things off as we go into some scripture I'm going to show you about a guy who prayed, I mean, prayed the house down and just gives us a kind of a cool example of how we can come to God, how we can pray. So let me show you this. There's a guy by the name of Martin Luther. Some of you guys have ever heard of him before. He was, the, he was, uh, he was a, a big proponent in the early church when the church started getting sideways with a bunch of other junk that wasn't biblical and it became prideful and man got involved and made it all about stuff and money and power and, and Martin Luther was like, no, 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 this has nothing to do with like going towards God. This is all about man, 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 pride, pride, pride. And so he's kind of known as the father of the Reformation. We reformed the church. Uh, and he had a really good friend who was also kind of his sidekick assistant was very engaged, very involved in what he was doing to, to, to make some serious changes in the church. So his friend's name was uh, Frederick Myconis. So in 1540, uh, Myconis comes down with like a, a, an illness that's going to take his life. Uh, and he's on, a, a, on an amazing, fast-paced, downward spiral. He's going to die. And he writes this farewell letter to Luther. They're separate at this time. They're different cities. He writes this farewell like goodbye speech, like to his close friend comrade, essentially saying, I'm, I'm deathly ill. Been nice knowing you, you know. And so Luther gets this letter, and this is what he writes back. Essentially this like hardcore, like absolutely not. I'm praying something different for you. And let me, let me read this prayer, what he says. Luther prays. He says, I command you in the name of God, to live. Because I still have need of you in the work of reforming the church. Kind of specific, right? I command you to live. There's, there's either living or dying, right? He's getting specific. He's not praying, kind of like, hey, I hope things work out for you, bro. No, yeah, I command you to live because I still have need for you in the work of reforming the church. The Lord will never let me hear that you are dead. How do you know that? Right? Do you ever get lost in that? Like you want to pray for something specific, but does he know what God's going to do? Like are you speaking on behalf of God? I I mean, I'm just telling you what the guy prayed. Right? But I, I get lost in that sometimes. The Lord will never let me hear that you were dead, but will permit you to survive me. I'm praying. For this I am praying because I seek only to glorify the name of God. Boom. I mean, right? Like, how often do you hear someone in your circle pray stuff like that? I'm, I'm questioning myself, how often do I pray like that? 
I mean, I got needs. I got hopes. I got wants. Like all of us, right? Raise your hand if you don't have a need. Raise your hand if you don't have a want or a hope or some scarcity in your life that you, you couldn't have a hope to pray for like something like that. We all have it. This guy prayed it. See, the, the outcome was um, after this, Myconis, when he got this, from, this letter from Luther, he'd already lost his ability to speak. He, he continued to, to, to spiral downward. Uh, what happened was he recovered fully recovered. He lived six more years. And I love this. He died two months after Luther did. Luther prayed that he would live longer than him and he did. So I want to say this. As we kick this thing off today, here's, here's if you don't hear anything else today, all things are possible through God. I'm going to say it again. All things are possible through God. The reason I say that is because I forget that. I think we forget all things are possible through God in the midst of all our mess. I don't think there's anybody here who doesn't have some sort of mess going on. Some sort of struggle, some sort of tension, some sort of like confusion, something. Like life just has a plethora of that and most of us find ourselves in that on occasion. So I just want us to know that all things are possible through God. So today... Let me jump into where we're going right now. All right, so today we're going to look at this guy's uh, uh, prayers, Paul. Paul is uh, a guy who in his earliest days hated Christianity. He was not a God follower. He was anti the Jesus movement, which he'd seen, you know, since his birth. I hate Jesus. I hate the Jesus followers. I hate him so much. Paul killed them. Paul had Christians put to death. So he was, he was persecuting Christians. His name was originally Saul. He had this experience where God shows up and is like, ah, hey, I got a plan for you, Paul, or Saul. You're no longer, to be, you're going to no longer be the guy that doesn't believe in me. You're going to believe in me because I'm going to show up and rock your world and show you that I'm alive and real. And he has, he's blinded by this light, crazy experience, falls on his face like, I get it, God, you're real. I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave them alone. I'm going to start worshiping and following the one true living God. That's you. So now he has this experience. He's following the way, God's way, Jesus' way. And he, he starts writing. God's breathing words and into this guy's pen, Scripture that Paul writes in the Bible. So Paul writes one of his earliest uh, passages in Scriptures it's pinned towards this, this group of people that are living in the city of Ephesus. So we get the book of Ephesians. And so Paul writes Ephesians, and he, he writes it around 60 AD from inside a prison cell. So, I mean, this dude's talking about praying, and he's got, he's got legitimate reasons to pray. But he writes to the Ephesians, helping them, teaching them how to pray. And so we're going to see how to pray on purpose. And Paul uh, shows us that whenever we pray, we can pray with purpose. We can, we can pray for spe- specific things. So when Paul writes, and we'll see this every week as, as we walk through these passages, Paul, Paul prays for four, four specific things. And every time he does, he starts out and he says, I pray for, and then he goes on and prays for it, whatever it was. 
He always starts out with, I pray for, I pray for, I pray for. So if you've got a Bible, Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to jump in right there. Let me get going on this passage. He starts out and he says, for this reason, like he's got something to pray for. For this reason, whatever that reason is, it's big enough for him to get on his knees and kneel. Now, we can pray, I believe, however. Now, he's in a Jewish custom, so they did a lot of kneeling. But I think whether you're Jewish, whether you were in that custom then, for us, man, there's, there's probably some instances where you need to get on your face. You need to kneel, right? There's probably some instances where you need to, it's, it's heftier, it's bigger. You might need to just get really, really serious and get all your knees. But I think it's okay to stand and pray. I think it's fine to talk and walk and pray. I think it's fine to be in your car and pray. I think God wants us to come to him as the goal more than how we pray. You tracking? So God wants us to come to him. But there are probably some instances where you're going to want to get like is, is I don't know, like is desperate kind of prayer. You can pray. Paul is on his knees. He's praying. And he says, uh, or he says, for this reason I kneel before the Father. And here's the reason. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. So he's just giving honor and glory for God. He's, he's, he's posturing himself. His posture is, I acknowledge, God, you are real. God, I'm, I'm acknowledging in this moment that you are God and I am not. And I'm going to humble, my, humble myself and pray. I think oftentimes, whether I want to admit it, whether I can recognize it or not, the reasons I don't pray more is because I'm prideful. I don't, I'm not thinking that in the moment that I'm not praying. I'm just busy doing my own thing. I'm busy going and charting my own way. I'm busy making my path, making my plans for what I'm going to do every day. And sometimes I'm not praying because I'm just not paying attention. But oftentimes that not paying attention for me equals, I got it. God, I can do it without you. Sometimes it's a pride issue. So Paul is acknowledging his desperate need for God. He's praying before the Father whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. In verse 16 he says, and here we go, I pray that. Now he's, now he's starting his actual prayer. I pray that. He prays that out of his glorious riches, Paul's alluding to the fact that uh, all riches, all blessings, anything that we have ultimately comes from God. The breath that I, I get to experience right now that I'm breathing to be able to stand on this stage, I have to acknowledge is a gift from God. We're on this planet, and it's still a gift from God. If you're alive, God's got a purpose for you, and you're on this planet with a purpose because you're breathing. <clears throat> so Paul acknowledges that God is glorious and that he is infinitely able to bless us. Now, just a chapter before this, he talks about God's glorious riches uh, and how he wants to gift us spiritually with every spiritual gift. I'm not going to go into all the spiritual gifts, but there's a lot of them. And God wants to bless us spiritually with peace, with love, with growth, with with understanding of grace, with with everything, he just wants to shower us. We get this glimpse that God is a good God. He wants to shower us with blessings. Paul's been saying that. So he's acknowledging that again here. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. Now, I'm going to kind of hone in on this idea of power today because 
Um, we can't accomplish anything apart from God, right? I, I, the breath I breathe right now I'm, I, is a gift from God. So I can't accomplish any, anything apart from God. So God, so Paul's praying that we be strengthened with power. It comes through the Holy Spirit into our inner, inner beings. And here's the point, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. So essentially, we can't know God apart from God. We can't know God unless we're, you know, taking a step or praying, getting on our knees, whatever it is. We can't know God unless He deposits Himself in us. That's what Scripture's saying. And He wants us to know who He is, so He wants us to try to connect Him with Him through prayer. So, we've got this wonderfully set up thing that God calls prayer, and it is our, our means of connection and building a relationship with God. So the question is, are you praying? Because if you're not praying, you're going to totally really miss knowing the power and provision and blessings of God. So just saying to myself, hey, Jeff, this is a good verse. <laughs> this is what I need to pay attention to. I need to do more of this because this is my means, my path to be strengthened and to know God. Now, real quick, this word power, uh, I did a little research and I just remembered, okay, that was that one word that sticks out when I was in my seminary course uh, many, many, many years ago, that this word power comes from a Greek word called dudame. Easy word to remember. Just power in the Bible, Greek words, dudame. Can everybody just say dudame? Dudame, right? Dudame, like do the math, but dudame, right? Dudame is where we get the word dynamite. So Paul is trying to help us grasp that when he talks about God's power, it's like dynamite. It is big. It is enormous. It is powerful. And he's saying that for us to get a glimpse in a, in a bigger, broader understanding that God is awesome. It's you know, you're not praying to some human being with finite power. We're praying to a God with infinite power. And He wants to bless us with a measure of His power so we can, we can fulfill His purpose for us. So we can live our lives according to His, his best plan. And not be impoverished, uh, weak, and you know, rolling around through life like we don't have a, a dad who cares. So, Paul says that it's his goal that he'd strengthen us with power through the Spirit in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts. So, just let's give a little application, a little perspective real quick. So, uh, God wants to give us power to, to do what? Overcome temptation? God wants to empower us to uh, maybe be disciplined in some areas that we're struggling. That's, that's what we can get through praying. God wants to empower us. Maybe it's, it's giving us power to stand strong in some real, you know, like knee-shattering, shaking, scary days. Maybe God wants to give us power to be bold or to have faith. But God wants us to have this strength, this power, this ability that He wants to give to us. Now, uh, an example, a uh, recent example for me was I have a, I have a Ford F-150 pickup truck um, that... I haven't even really noticed all too much 
that it's not been running great. You know when something gets fixed, then you realize, oh, this is what it's supposed to feel like. So for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, my truck has been kind of limping along. I didn't really notice it because I hadn't really just, you know, just like stomped on the, the pedal lately. But the other day, I just, every now and then I'll stomp on the pedal for just no reasons. But I actually had a reason the other day. Uh, I, someone was going really, really slow, and I was waiting to get around them. There's no chance, no chance, no chance, and double line, double line. Finally, I had the break in the line, and no one was coming, and I stomped on it. Well, I got going, and my truck just like all of a sudden just bogged down, like, and it wouldn't go. And I'm like, uh-oh, this is not running right. And I had to back off and get behind this car and stop, follow this car for another, felt like 100 miles. So it cleared up, like, like later on in the day, I stepped on a little bit, felt fine, but then I started realizing, like, my truck's not running right, but I was too busy to, to go take it to the shop, so this went on for another two weeks. Now, I've got the knowledge, something's not right in my truck, but it's not running terrible, but it just felt kind of weak. So, again, three or four weeks go by. I finally take it to the shop. They figure out, after, like, I drop it off, I come back and get it, like, the next day, they tell me, I'm waiting for like the big price, right? It's going to be something in my motor. It's going to be a big, big deal. Guess what it is? One little measly spark plug had fouled out. That's all it was. Now, I don't know if you guys are mechanics. My dad's in the front row. He's a mechanic. He's, he knows motors inside and out. I could not believe that all that was because of a little spark plug. Now, here's the application. My motor is this awesome, fascinating thing. But you get one little thing that's not functioning right, and it's just, it's, it's not running with the power. It's not functioning well. And here's the thing. Prayer is one of these things that seems so insignificant. It, it's, 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 it's like maybe, maybe we just assume God's just so far away, just not all that interested and prayer is this little connection point that we just kind of like, well, it's not a big deal. But here's the thing. What Paul is trying to tell us, we have, we have this opportunity, this means, this legitimate channel to communicate, to talk to, to hear from, to be empowered from the God of the universe, to live out amazing, gifted, blessed growing, purpose-filled lives. Some of us, we're, we're just missing a spark. Just a little spark plug. Just a little bit of something. And maybe, maybe just for maybe, maybe it's been like there's a dilemma in your life. And that's opened your eyes to, I need God. Maybe there's been a, a major problem, a major struggle, or major turning of events some major confusion, and you're like, all of a sudden, you're on your knees. Guess what? I think God's going, I got you where I want you. Now, if you'll pray, I'll begin to show you who I am. I'll begin to fill you up. I'll begin, I'll begin to show you what living in me and through me, having power for me, looks like. So Paul prays that we be strengthened with power. Now, let me go on to uh, show you the rest of this passage. Verse 17, and I pray that you, and he goes on to explain something really powerful here. Let me show you this. And I pray that you being rooted 
and established in what? In love. Now here's a component that Paul inter- intertwines here that is that is uh, got a lot of, a lot of like real deep, heavy kind of like theological depth to it. That we're that we grow deep and strong and rooted in our faith through God's love. God uh, just doesn't give love. God just doesn't kind of just pass on, sprinkle out some love. God is so much that He just is love. God is love. Like everything we can ever know, comprehend, grasp about love, God is love. It comes from Him. It flows from Him. So Paul says, he prays that we'd be rooted and established in love. That we might have power, like that we have power from God's love together all the Lord's holy people. That's for all of us. So that we, we have this power rooted and established from love so that we could understand and grasp how wide, how long, how high, and deep the love of Christ is. Now here's the thing. Uh, Paul goes on to say, and you need to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Now that's a lot of, that's a lot of stuff right there. But what I want you to see is, and understand is, you can't, we can't know God's love naturally. Now don't throw any tomatoes at me. Don't throw anything at me. That's going to sound a little heretical, right? But we can't know fully God apart from God reaching down and helping us a little bit, right? So I think what God does sometimes, God allows life to be life. He allows there to be some difficulty. And when difficult times come, we get on our knees or we beg for God's help. And all of a sudden, when we reach out and search for God, God then all of a sudden helps us and leads us to Him. That's kind of a supernatural thing God does. We can't fully know God's naturally. It must be supernaturally revealed. God wants to reveal who He is to us, but God does that. But a lot of us, I think we're running so busy. We're moving and shaking and, and going so many directions. We're so distracted. Life is so fast-paced. Life is so busy that most of us are missing God's amazing love, how big, how amazing, how audacious, wide, big, vast it is until something happens. And then all of a sudden we're like, we're praying. And then all of a sudden we're realizing, oh wow, God's got this. Or God can help me through this. So here's the thing. Paul's praying that we would maybe slow down that we would start praying and maybe even pray for this. Pray that God would show us His love in the midst of our dilemmas. Pray that God would help us grasp how big and wide He is and that we could grow through His love. Let me give you an example. Um, and and I, I think this is good for parents. This example is kind of going to be a parent example. Um, I, I know if you're a parent, you love your kids. Every parent here loves their kids. Sometimes you want to kill them, but you love them. <clears throat> Sometimes they want to kill you, right? Um, but as parents, you pray for your kids, especially if you're a believer, because you know the power of prayer. Um, 
But we ought to be praying this for our kids. We ought to be praying, we ought to be praying that our kids would, could be rooted and they could be established in God's love. Just, to, just imagine for a moment, if, if we prayed for them to be rooted and established in God's love and prayer works and God began to root your child and establish them in his love, what would that do for their psyche? I mean, in a day and age where, where we all get some sort of value from what someone else thinks of us through social media or, you know, all the other junk out there, just, you know, you're, you're high school, middle school, college student, whatever. I mean, praying for kids, what would it be like if you prayed for your child, they were rooted, rooted and established in God's love, what would happen to their identity? They would, they would probably think less of what others thought of them and probably more attuned to what God thought of them. All of a sudden, you'd see some change and some growth. So let me just tell you, the other day, Christy and I, are, we're, uh, we're, we're a little worked up because Allie's called us from college. And uh, it's been, you know, probably two months of college. The, the, the newness is, is worn off, right? It's like, woo, college, yeah, it's awesome. Now she's swimming D1. Uh, they got her. They own her, right? She swims three hours in the morning, uh, works out. They do like a lift, like a couple hours in the middle of the day, and then like three or four hours at the end of the day, swim. Uh, so that's swimming. She's also felt like, with some prodding and some encouragement from her parents, that maybe she should do a nursing major. You're going to help pay for college. We want to come out with something you get a job with, right? Our money goes to college. You come out, you get a job, right? Get a job. Woo! All right, someday get a job. So, so all of a sudden, we're having this, like, I wonder if we should have pushed her so hard towards this major. She's up in college right now, and they've already got her in 200-level courses, She's about to take a four-hour exam to get into the nursing program, and she's having second thoughts about it. Apparently, at, our, at this college, nursing's the number one um, most difficult degree that you can get. It's the most sought-after degree. They try to weed you out from the very, very beginning. They try to tell you there's no way you're going to pass. You can't do it. You can't do it. Well, she's hearing all that, and she's like, I'm in the hardest sports sport and I'm choosing the hardest academic direction I wonder if I should do that she's kind of having this uh, kind of a little bit of a rough patch she calls us she cries on the phone we start praying we start praying well in the midst of a couple days conversation us praying for her she calls us back talks to Christy and says hey all right, so I, I'm praying and asking God, help me know, should I go towards the nursing thing? Would you pray for me for that? Because there's a lot of other things out there, but I want to know. So we pray for a few more days. She calls back. We get the coolest phone call ever. Ready for this? She calls us, and we're waiting for like another like wah, wah, wah conversation because, man, you know, it's, she's busy. She's she's had she's been sick. Stuff going on. We're we're just assuming maybe you know nothing's happened and she's just tired. She calls us and she is overwhelmed with excitement. 
and she just shouts out, God spoke to me. God spoke to me. Well, that's pretty cool to hear from your kid in college, <laughs> right? One. But she's like, God spoke to me. And, and we're like, you know, we're not Pentecostal people, right? I mean, I love Jesus, but I mean, when you say God spoke to you, that's a big deal, right? So she's like, God spoke to me. God spoke to me. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you what happened. And she goes into this litany of several different things where God connected her with this person that's going to be her new special tutor that the sports athletes get. And this girl, by the way, swam. And by the way, she went to the nursing major. And by the way, I've never had anybody in my entire life that could, like, teach me or coach me that I understood better. And now we're like, we're buddies. And I'm excited. And I prayed last night at this, this little event. And I begged God that he would speak to me. And the very next morning, God puts this person in my life, and she says, God spoke to me. And I want to stay in this major, and I'm sure of it. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And here's the thing. Yeah, that's cool. But here's the thing. I wonder if that's exactly what God wants to do for each of us. And I wonder, I just wonder, if so many of us are going through life like we're, like we're lost, impoverished, weak orphans who are not connected to the King of Kings, when in reality we are, if you're a believer. What if, just what if, just what if, we're, 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 we're not praying enough and we're weak what if God wants to use today's message he wants to use the next three weeks to dial up in us an understanding and a, and a, and a reality of let's pray so that we can God can and will deposit in us a, a level and a measure of being rooted and established in His love so that we would go through our lives with strength, with power, what Paul was talking about in this particular passage. What if God has you here today to help you recognize it's time to pray? It's time to pray. What if God has you here today, maybe you're in a dilemma, maybe you're in a, in a, in a weak knee, confused, maybe pathetic place, Open your eyes to the understanding He wants a relationship with you. He wants to show off in your life if you begin to start turning to Him. I think that's where a lot of us are at. And, and that's, that's, I believe, what God's saying to me personally right now. So here's, here's my hope. My hope is this. And, and, and let me just tell you how Paul, Paul end, ends this. Uh, message that he he uh, he's, he's writing to the church of Ephesus. He ends with this this anthem, um, kind of like this big hoorah, you know, super climactic part of what he writes. Let me let me read this to you. Ephesians three twenty. You should you should underline this one in your Bible. Ephesians three twenty and twenty one. It says, "Now to him talking about Jesus, like he's just giving all praise and all honor to God." He says, "Now to him who is able." 
to do immeasurably more than all we can ask and all we can imagine according to His power that is at work. What's that? Within us, He says, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Here's my prayer. My prayer is that this church, that, that we would be strengthened. That God would strengthen us so that we would grow and we could help have hope for ourselves and we could help be hope bearers to the rest of our city and to the rest of the people on our planet. I think God wants to show off in your life by showing you that He's God. That He's immeasurably more than you've ever dreamt of. And what if just this morning you walked in you're like, yeah, my God's small. My God's weak. I've never seen God do anything in my life. What if God wants to have give you a, an experience like Allie just the other day? Oh, I heard from God. Like, you don't care what anybody else says. You're telling everybody, I heard from God. I don't care what you said. I prayed, and this is what he did in my life. What if God's leading you to a place of praying specifically and larger just so he can root you deeply in who he is and show off his love to you? What if that's what God wants to do in your life? Let's pray. God, we just, we surrender right now. Our hearts, our minds, our lives, and we just say humbly, because that's the opposite of our prideful selves. We pray humbly today, and we just say, God, we need you. And God, for each person individually in this room, God, would you show up in us and guide us to some fresh new truth and understanding about you? Would you... Give us strength in order for us to know you. We love you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen.